Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room, the free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. I'll be hosting rooms every week, so make sure to download the iOS app and join me to talk Warriors and join David to talk about the Heat. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's Locked On Warriors on a Tuesday. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. Make sure to follow Locked On Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Odyssey, and wherever you get podcasts for episodes every Monday through Friday. I'm joined today by Connell Letourneau of the San Francisco Chronicle, who has been covering the Warriors longer than I have, but like me, has closely covered these last two seasons and knows more about what's going on with these Warriors more than anybody who doesn't actually work for the team, and even then, he and I probably have a more objective opinion of where this team stands than people who even work for the team, and right now, the Warriors are reeling. They've lost seven of their last eight, including three straight, which will probably end up at four straight after tonight's game against the Bucks. Uh, they're four games below 500, barely holding on to the final spot in the play-in tournament by half a game over New Orleans, but like Draymond Green says... No one cares about the play-in tournament. This is a Warriors organization that is defined by its all-or-nothing approach, and for a lot of reasons that we're going to get into, they are clearly playing for next season. So the big question I have for you, Connor, does Klay Thompson's return fix everything and turn the Warriors back into a contender next year? No. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, I think that the everyone in the organization wanted to believe that that would be the case entering the season. I think if you if you talk to a lot of people entering the season after Clay got injured, they thought, okay, I think without Clay, we can be a five six seed in the West, get Clay back, and then we'll be you know a legitimate title contender. In retrospect, that was extremely optimistic um, on on their part to, to believe that. Um, and usually, life does not always uh, end up in the best, most optimistic way. Uh, it usually falls a little bit below that. Um, in this case, I think significantly below that. Um, this, this this team just has a lot of flaws. And um, a lot of my, my major concern is the bench. Uh, there's just so many issues with that bench. And, you know, even with Clay, they need, you know, a solid bench. You know, the, the, a driving force behind that dynastic run was – was that second unit of Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala. I cannot understate how much this team has missed Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston. I think they've missed them just as much as they've missed Kevin Durant in some ways, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, there's there's not an easy fix there. Um, so, no, it, it, as much as, as, as important as Clay is on both ends of the floor for this team, um, he's not going to fix everything. I think the other factor here is that Let's be honest, Wiseman's not as far along as a lot of people had hoped. I think we all knew that he was somewhat raw. I don't think we knew he was this raw. Um, and so is, is it realistic to expect him to be a dominant force next season, which was kind of part of the algorithm and believing that they could be a title contender next season? I don't think that's realistic. I think he's probably at least a couple years away from being that. I still believe he'll be a great player in this league. I just don't think he's close to it yet um so that raises bigger questions right if if that's the reality 
and they can kind of face reality, accept reality for what it is that they're probably not going to be title contenders next season. Does that change their thinking in terms of how they approach roster building and, and how they try to maximize what's left of Seth's prime? Because time is ticking here. Yeah. Time is ticking. The guy's 33 years old. So I think they're, they're at a bit of an impasse right now. I think this is a really important point for the organization. I thought the trade deadline sort of started this crisis point, this impasse, like you said. I think that's a good word that they're at because the trade deadline offered as much flexibility, if not more, than this offseason will give them uh, as far as reconstructing this roster. And they are kidding themselves if they think Clay Thompson comes back. Look, they'll be better. I think Clay Thompson fixes a lot of issues. Uh, it, it puts Andrew Wiggins in a less of a primary role. He's not he, a secondary ball handler type, maybe a, a third ball handler behind Steph and Draymond, really. A, a third scorer behind Steph and Clay Thompson, not your only primary wing defender, even though Oubre is doing a decent job of that this season. Um, and, and so there's going to be a domino effect of just having Clay Thompson back. But even he has said when he comes back, he's not playing 40 minutes a game at an all-NBA level. It's going to take some time. And for guys coming off of injuries, yeah. just the Achilles injury takes about a year. Not even the ACL injury plus the Achilles injury. We've never seen that before. We have no idea what that kind of timeline is going to look like. And so you can't just rely on Clay Thompson coming back. And even after that, even after you get past the top of the roster there, uh, you mentioned the bench. And, and you did mention James Wiseman. We should probably talk about him in depth here. But uh, quickly, you mentioned the bench there. Just the drain of talent and basketball IQ that has happened with that bench. Uh, you go from guys like Iguodala and Sean Livingston, like you said, to, base, to, to solid players like Damon Lee, Kent Bazemore, Wanda Scano Anderson. Good players, NBA players, but yeah. ninth or tenth men on your rotation, not sixth, right. seventh, eighth men in your rotation. Eric Pascal, good player, not that caliber, and you lose so many of those players. And if you're Steve Kerr, you kind of look at your bench and you're like, I don't know, maybe I trust four of these guys in a playoff setting, and and that might be generous at this I, point. I think that's been one of the most troubling developments of this season. Is, is a good example of what we're talking about being Eric Pascal, because Eric Pascal, I think after last season, first team All Rookie obviously kind of a go-to option at times on a bad team last season. I think a lot of people were really high on him, especially outside the organization were super high on him and believed, okay, hey, they got this this coup, the 41st pick, who can go in and be like a legitimate seventh man on like a winning team. I think we're seeing now, we've seen this season, that that's, that's not a fair expectation for him. I, I think that he is a guy who can put up numbers on a bad team but um, when it when it comes to playing within a team framework and and, and doing the things that a winning Warriors team would need him to do, he uh, he can't do a lot of those things. He's, his help side defense still leaves a lot to be desired. Um, he's become a really niche player offensively. Um, he he can't really play either forward position, and he's kind of like a small ball center who who gets his points through beating guys in ISO situations when the Warriors want to run a more movement heavy style so it's uh he's just not really a good fit and so you got to question just whether or not the Warriors should even keep him around yeah and that, that and that's sort of the issue happening with a lot of these players is hey here's this big role over the last couple of years here's this big role now you're going to have to slide into a lesser role are you going to be able to not only accept that role <laughs> or but will you be able to thrive in that role Right. And with Eric Pascal, you can see that he needs room. He needs space. He needs minutes in order to be effective. But he's not a kind of player that you build around by any stretch. And I don't know that any of these guys on the bench are the kind of players that you necessarily are, are, are building blocks for what 
they hope to be a title team as soon as next year. And so uh, we kind of beat around the bush the James Wiseman thing, and that really is the headline right now because it's very clear that he has essentially regressed since the start of the season. And my concern with Wiseman, look, I think there's things that he's gotten better at, right? He's better at rotations. He's gotten a little bit better at rebounding. The He's gotten, like, his percent, his shooting percentages have, have ticked slightly up from two-point range, even though the three-point shot has basically fallen off because he and the, and the Warriors coaching staff have basically given up on it. Uh, but uh, the, the confidence issues the constant frustrations that you see him have and take out on himself. We like, you know, some, sometimes you lionize these things and you say, well, it's good, he's a perfectionist. You like to see that. Steve Kerr talked about how he slapped the water cooler in a game earlier this year, and he loved to see, he turned to Mike Brown and said, I love to see that. But at some point, you do worry about the confidence thing, shaking him up so much that you start to get into Markel Fultz territory. And I don't think we're there Whoa. yet to be. I don't think we're there yet to be clear, Connor, but it wouldn't be the first time we saw something. And it's at least something that you have to be cognizant of with these young players who have never struggled in any level and have, in fact, dominated at every level until they got to the NBA. And for some reason or another, and in Fultz's situation, it was an injury. In Wiseman's situation, it was a lot of different things. But confidence matters. And it's not something that's just so easily built back up with a, with a couple of good games. It definitely matters. And I honestly think that a lot of this rests on, I think a lot of um, Wiseman's regression and prolonged struggles rest on the shoulders of Steve Kerr, to be honest with you. Um, now, there were some factors outside of both their controls, obviously. You know, we've talked a lot about the 69 minutes in college, the no summer league, the no preseason, uh, the missing a month with a wrist injury, then the missing a few games with the coronavirus protocols. There's been a lot of interruptions but i still don't think that fully explains how much he has regressed over the course of the season i mean he was better in late december than he is in uh early april which is which is concerning and i think part of the problem is that what we're seeing is wiseman is not a great fit for the warriors system. he's just not he's not uh he's not a passing big man and the warriors that system is built around having a passing big man They've always had David West, Saza Petrulia, Andrew Bogut, um, guys who can read the floor and kick out to open shooters and do the little things like the dribble handoffs that make this this offense run and uh, you know put Steph in, in the best position to succeed. And Wiseman can't do those things yet. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure if he he has that in his long-term arsenal in terms of being great at those things. And um, I think it's on Steve to make some major changes to this system and to this offense. I think Steve has been very stubborn uh, in certain ways. I think he, I think he wants to, he obviously feels an affinity for the system that he created and that he won three NBA titles with, but the NBA is all about, well, not just the NBA, but sports are all about adapting and, uh, I think you need to recognize that you don't have the same personnel that you had during those dynastic years. And so you need to change your system uh, to accommodate that. And the good thing that they have going for them is that Steph Curry can thrive in almost any system. Like he's an elite player in that way. Like he doesn't have to have the system to succeed. He, he, he's arguably the best pick and roll point guard in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you need to make some major changes to help uh, to help Wiseman. 
I mean, you've seen a little bit. They, they've introduced some more pick and roll, but I think they've, they've averaged about six pick and rolls per game this season. I think they need to get that closer to like 15. I'll be right back, but first it's time to get in on Locker Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform where you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. As you may know, I've been using Locker Room this season to host live mailbag episodes where I field questions about the Warriors on the app. Sort of like an old-school sports radio call-in show, but easier than ever to join, hang out, and talk. Locker Room is a free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news and rumors. I'll be hosting rooms every week, so make sure to keep those notifications on and come through. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter account, and join the Warriors or NBA group. Follow me, at WC Goldberg, to be notified when my room goes live. Let's also talk about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of vehicle makes and models, it can be impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, especially now while you might not be able to visit a traditional store. So do it easily online at rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low without the markup that you find at chain stores and car dealerships. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so you know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, I, and look, they, they right now uh, are last in the league in plays that are finished by a roll man. Basically, in plays that look like James Wiseman finishing with a lob dunk or something like that, right? They They... The fewest amount of plays this year are finished by the Warriors in that way. Um, that that can't and like you said, look, Wiseman's not ready to contribute at a meaningful level. But if you take this guy at number two, and you are, I think you can go two directions. Either you treat him as a luxury, which I thought was the point in the first place, and I don't, I disagree with them even starting him this year. I don't think he should have started a game this season. I really don't. If this is a, t- I think you need to build around the fringes. You need to fix this bench. You need to wait for Clay Thompson to come back. You need to find a quality starting center who can be a placeholder for a couple of years until Wiseman is ready to be where he's at. But I don't think that he should ever have been relied on as a starter, let alone a foundational type of player for what should be a title run next year. But now that you've basically punted on that route, because they have, you can't go back now. You have named him the starter. You are stuck with him the way that 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 this roster is constructed. You need to get something out of him. And I think you're right. You need to build the offense with James Wiseman in mind and not just Steph Curry. You mentioned he's one of the best pick-and-roll ball handlers, point guards in the league. He's one of the best isolation players in the league, too. And no, it's not going to look pretty, and it's not going to do all those things that you like to see and that beautiful basketball that we saw, but it's not just Steph that we're worried about and Wiseman that we're worried about here. You don't have Iguodal and Livingston. You've got guys like Andrew Wiggins, who you know is fine, but is not that level of basketball smart and IQ and feel that those guys showed. You don't have the Bogats and the David West and the Zazas and all these things. Um, I will say this. I don't think they when need has to Wiggins go f- been the best. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but no. when has Wiggins been at his best this season? Cutting off of space. And and you can build exactly. that into you can build that into a pick and roll offense, no problem. I will say that Draymond Green's 
complete regression to a non-factor offensively. And look, he was never a, a, a huge positive offensively, but he would shoot 30% from three. He would get you 10 points a game. He would do something. He would, he would, I mean, one year, 39%. Uh, like, he would, he would finish with a dunk or a floater or a layup and stuff like that and not just completely uh, uh, reject the idea of shooting for himself. And now... Now that he's become a complete negative, non-factor offensively, it does muck up a little bit of what they can do with the pick and roll, right? You can't just if you just plant Draymond Green in the corner and run a high pick and roll with 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 Steph and Wiseman, then you're going to have another defender in the lane playing off of Draymond. So that mucks it up a little bit. It's also not as easy as hey, James Wiseman go set a high screen for for Steph Curry and go run pick and roll. That takes timing, it takes practice, it takes reps. But to your point, they're not really getting as many reps as they should. So I think there's an in-between. You don't have to go full tilt, James Harden level pick and roll offense, but you certainly need to run more of it than you're running now. And I agree with you, by the way, one last point here. James Wiseman, I had questions about him coming out of Memphis. He He doesn't have a lot of ball skills, doesn't have great court vision. He still puts his head down when he dribbles. To, to ask that guy to become a next level passer out of the post and be that kind of presence, I don't think is fair to him. I think that the and as much blame as we as fans want to put on Wiseman or whatever, the Warriors aren't doing him any favors either. And um, I, I I do think that there's a middle ground here where they should run some pick and roll. And I think ultimately that's going to be the compromise. Is hey, we got to get this guy involved. And look, you'll figure out the Draymond Green stuff. Draymond Green's really smart. He'll figure out how to be a, more of a factor if they start running offense more like a high pick and roll with Steph. And, and, and to your point, Steph, yeah, maybe it looks pretty when you run the offense through Steph and you build the offense with all this motion, read and react stuff, but he could figure it out. He's maybe the best offensive player in the game. He'll be fine. He'll get his 30 points per game regardless of the system. Yeah, no, I completely – and you hit on something interesting, which is like I don't really think you can become a great passer. I think it's kind of something you're born with. I think I agree. these are the, you know, Draymond has been a great passer since high school, you know, um, it's, 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 it's a feel for the game. It's a, it's a court vision thing that he was almost born with. Um, and the thing about Wiseman that I think is concerning to me is that he, he's struggling this much despite the fact that he clearly works his butt off and is studying film and doing everything he needs to be doing to play better. And he's not. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it'd almost be easier if, if it was a situation where, Oh, this guy's just lazy, you know, but he's not, and he's still not getting better at the rate they want him to be getting better at. And I think, I think that's because he just, he just doesn't have that yeah. natural feel for the game, the way. And because, and because he's not being, it. and to your point, he's not being put, he's not being put in a position to succeed. And when he, when you kind of control all the control, you hear athletes, I'll control what I can control. Well, when you control everything you can control, and it's still not going your way after your entire life, it's always gone your way relatively easily, at least on the basketball court for James Wiseman. Uh, that's that's really hard to reconcile. And, and uh, go ahead. And it's not just uh, it's not just how they're using him in terms of pick and rolls and, and 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 where he's on the floor and those things. It's also just how much his role in the rotation has changed throughout the season. It feels like every week yeah. he, he has a completely different spot in the rotation. He has different lineups. He's he's having to deal with. He's having you know he's having to deal with all the scrutiny and pressure that goes along with his changing spot 
and and I think that's where again I I kind of I don't want to say put the blame on, but I I look at Kerr because I well, think it feels, that it doesn't it feel like there's Kerr has gone. really struggled with how to use Wiseman this year, yes, and that has really been at the detriment of Wiseman. I feel like there don't you feel too that there's some pressure from the front office and perhaps ownership to make to play Wiseman more because I reading the tea leaves in between these quotes from the beginning of the year to the end of the year Steve Kerr was always saying hey uh, it's not just about starting it's not just about reps it's about ob- ob- uh, observation from the sideline time and practice and all these things and it kind of feels like to me that at some point they just came down and said look it's about the reps get them on the floor figure this out and and to me Wiseman supplanting Kevon Looney in that starting lineup was pretty surprising and just sort of randomly happened and like there's no rhyme or reason for it to happen in the middle of the season when it did other than the Warriors record they had lost three straight games at that point or something like that and and look if this is a team that wants to make the playoffs as they say they do but I have my questions uh, I think they would like to make the playoffs but they would take a playoff berth right if it came to them but they really are prioritizing next year and this is an example where they want their cake and they want to eat it too but you just can't do that and they're finding that out the hard way. The Warriors' starting lineup has a, is getting outscored by almost 12 points per 100 possessions. That's the worst starting lineup in the NBA, and it's not close, Connor. It's not even close. Um, we're talking about a team that's the 22nd net rating this year, uh, 29th in the last 10 games. They have an average offense with or without Steph Curry. Uh, and the defense, even though it peaked at number four in, net, in defensive rating in February, has slid since then is basically be at the bottom of the league for weeks now. So this is just simply not a good team. So it goes beyond just Wiseman and looking to next year, it goes asking Clay Thompson to come back and fix all those things that I just said is unrealistic. So I, I, unless we're, I, do you have anything else on the Wiseman topic or should we move on? No, I, one, I, I don't think you can understate how much Wiseman has struggled. I know a, a lot of people in the organization like to point to how many points he's averaging Oh, well, he's averaging more points yeah. than Kevin Garnett averaged in, in, in fewer minutes. That's true. That is true. But I care more about the deep analytics, you know, in terms of the, the numbers that actually tell us what serves winning. And 538, uh, which is obviously a great analytics site, uh, has a pretty advanced algorithm to, to rank players. They call it the Raptor. Um, and out of 250 players ranked on that, James Wiseman is 249th. The only player he is the only player he is ahead of is Theo Maladon, another rookie who has struggled mightily this season for a bad Thunder team. Um, and his plus minus is is awful. Um, but the thing that concerns me the most are the numbers with Steph. Steph is so much better with when he's on the floor with any other center than James. And yeah. they have to figure out how to how to get those guys to compliment each other or else maybe honestly Wiseman's not going to work. You know, maybe they should actually start listening well, to offers for Wiseman. I, I'm not saying they're there yet, but it, I'm not sold at all right now that he's a fit. And, no. And that's, that's what they need to figure out over the next 22 games. Can you rejigger this offense to include a little bit more pick and roll to, and, and look, those Steph Curry, James Wiseman numbers are accurate, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that, but it is, to me, more about the system in which they play with Steph trying to force-feed Wiseman sometimes and Draymond trying to force-feed Wiseman. And Draymond and Steph's minutes basically line up 100% at this point. 
and so yeah, I don't think it's necessarily just those two not working. It's those two not working in the system that they are playing in. And, and I think there's ways to help those numbers. And then obviously you get some pick and roll chemistry and stuff like that that, so that should bring things along. Uh, but you hit on something very important. These next 22 games, you're going to have to figure this out. You, you need to see some sort of leap from Wiseman, some sort of reverse of the regression that has been happening, uh, and some sort of sign of optimism of, of, hey, you know what, this is going to work. Because if you don't see that over these next 22 games, Connor, this front office is going to have to sit down and say, you know, look, Wiseman might be a good player, right? Uh, they like to talk about, like you said, he's 20 years, he just turned 20, he only played 69 minutes in college, all these things, you know, he's going to be a good player. I'm not doubting that. He probably will be a good player. He might be a very good player. But that's going to be years from now. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, these guys are ready to go win a championship next year. Right now. They are ready. And I don't know that you could afford to wait on Wiseman. And I, I think the, the front office and the coaching staff, if you gave them truth serum, is probably a little surprised by how long it's taken to get Wiseman and, and to get what you want out of him. He wasn't going to just walk in and be a rebounding, dunking machine right away. It takes a lot more than that. And they're figuring out you know, the other side of development. They're figuring out, quite frankly, what every other NBA team has had to deal with for most of their existence, where the Warriors didn't have to deal with that for five years because it was just a dynasty and everything was basketball nirvana. Uh, this is the real NBA, and they need to develop players. And they it's thought, very rare that you're able to develop a player alongside players who are ready to compete right away. They thought, worst-case scenario, that this season, James Wiseman would be a better version of JaVale McGee. He has actually been worse than JaVale McGee in a lot of ways this season. Uh, JaVale's a better passer than, than yeah. Wiseman. Uh, JaVale... He's a better screen setter. He's a better, better rebounder. He's better at everything. He's got better hands. Yeah. I mean, this, these are all concerns. So, so yeah, when, when push comes to shove and you sit down and you say, look, we tried our best with James Wiseman, but do we have to... I don't know what a trade. I don't know what you can get back in a package for Wiseman at, at this point. I have no idea what his trade value is. It, 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 it's not as much as it was at draft night. I'll tell you that. I don't know what front office is looking at what the, what Wiseman has done this season. Say, hey, we really want to add that to our team. And, and when I brought I up think Mark, there Wilfold's, are some teams that feel like the system they run could be a better fit for him, and and he could yeah. thrive. And I, I and I their timeline could be better. Be an all star player. Um, Look, I, I think if you packaged Wiseman with Wiggins or Wiseman, you know, because you need a contract in there, or Wiseman with this Minnesota pick, you could you could offer that around the league. And I think that the Warriors, if they did that, could get something interesting back. But it might not be what they are hoping. They might have to sell a little low. We'll be right back. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. This is one of the best times for sports of the year. The NBA is making the playoff push. Major League Baseball is in full swing, and the Masters are this weekend. Oh, I love the Masters. Augusta, spring season, the Azaleas. BetOnline also covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost everything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus, but only when you use that promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Do you turn around and offer Minnesota if the Carl Anthony Towns thing goes south? They're picked back with Wiseman. Do you uh, do you offer it to Indiana for Miles Turner? I don't even know if they would take that. Like you look around the I league. Like I like Miles Turner. I'm not. I'm not a. Carl Anthony Towns fan. 
just because he's I so just I, yeah I don't know that the Pacers would do that though because now you're kind of in the same okay now we have Wiseman and Demontis Sabonis and we still have like this twin tower thing that we're trying to get away from and that's kind of the problem when you kind of scan the league Connor I don't know what's the trade that makes sense other than the Bradley Beal thing that the Warriors would love to happen and we have no hints that that's happening anytime soon I don't know what the deal is and so again I bring up the Markel Fultz thing earlier I bring it up again what the Sixers got from Markel Fultz was pennies on the the initial value uh, that they drafted Markel Fultz at and acquired Markel Fultz with. I don't know. I, I, I Again, I, I, we're not there yet, Connor. I think we're very far from that. I don't know that we'll get to that point, but there may have a come... This front office may have a come-to-Jesus moment. The, the bottom line, the bottom line is they are in a difficult spot in that they have a lot invested in Wiseman and he is not appearing to be a great fit right now. So I think a lot of that, so to make this work, a lot of that is going to be on Steve's shoulders. Steve has to divorce himself of the thought that his system is going to be the you know, is going to save everything and that they're, they're going to ride that system again to another title. He needs to stop thinking like that and be much more open to changing his approach. And I think mm-hmm. what we're seeing right now, and this is not a criticism of Steve. This is just, this is just his situation. Steve had never coached at any level before he took over the Warriors in 2014. He had a lot of experience that helped ease his transition to becoming a coach, you know, obviously being a, a guard on, on championship teams, NBA analysts, general manager, all those things helped him in this role. But there's something to be said for actually on-the-job coaching experience. And he, in his now seven years with the Warriors, has not had very varied experiences. You know, his first five years with the Warriors was all about managing ego, fostering a, a joyful locker room culture, and guarding against complacency. And now, And last season – he didn't really need to worry about winning. He could go all in on player development. This is the first time in his coaching career where he's had to juggle winning, trying to win with developing young players. And I think he struggled with that because he's never had to do it before. And I think that's part of why he struggled with Wiseman's development because he hasn't had to do it before. He's never had a rookie until this season who was drafted before, before number 28 in the draft. Yeah. So this is, this is completely uncharted territory for Steve. It is. And, and look, I, you're right to put blame on, on Steve Kerr. I will also put blame on this front office because I think they expected that this team to compete too. And then there's a certain expectation from their office and a certain pressure to say, hey, play James Wiseman 20 minutes a game, but also still win. Right. And hey, we're going to get, and look, you look at this roster that they can, like Bob Myers has whiffed on a couple of things. Like the Brad Wanamaker thing was yeah. a really bad mistake. I mean, this is a guy who you thought was going to walk in and be your sixth man. And he was out of the rotation by the time they traded him. And, and, and that's the got someone better than him to begin with. And so that was right. kind of like the backup plan. And then you get him and he's not as good as they hoped he'd be. And the Kent Bazemore thing has been fine, but he's like the lead leader in fouling away from the basket and all these things. And uh, uh, I, I just, if you're Bob Myers, you can't whiff on these things. And, Honestly, these are the kind of players that you're going to you're going to have a mid-level exception here and there, but you have no cap room forever, basically. You have the highest payroll in the league. You are going to be operating with zero cap room for the you basically the rest of the time you're the Warriors GM based on what these max contracts are, based on the fact that you want to give Steph Curry this enormous extension which he deserves, but you're going to have zero cap space. And so it's going to take 
nailing these minimum contracts here and there, which other front offices do. And you find guys. And look, I think Juan Descano Anderson could be a good player. I think that Damian Lee could be a good player. But I don't. You need to hit on some. Like those are end of rotation kinds of guys, and you need. Uh, you need to hit on the Brad Wanamakers, and you need to hit on the Kelly Oubre's. And by the way, Kelly Oubre, and maybe you can re-sign Kelly Oubre. I still think ultimately it's going to be a huge mistake, the fact that they did not move him for somebody that's going to be under contract next year, even if that player is worse. And, and Kelly Oubre, I like Kelly Oubre. I am on record for years saying I like Kelly Oubre. I like to watch Kelly Oubre. I think that he has a high ceiling. But he has not helped the Warriors this year. His on-off numbers, I mean, it's a lot of empty calories with Oubre, as it always has been with him. He's a minus 8.4 on-off this year, uh, Connor. And look, a lot of Warriors have a negative on-off metric this season, but that, that Kelly Oubre number is closer to James Wiseman than it is even like a Juan Descano-Anderson or Damian Lee, right? Like, Oubre has not been largely helpful to this team even when he puts numbers up. And uh, and I would I would bet a lot of money that he does not play for the Warriors next year, that he ends up leaving for a lot of money and perhaps a starting job elsewhere. Uh, which and is, if that which happens, is, which is what's another your bench opportunity like? squandered? Um, yes. I don't think they got any great offers at the deadline for Ubre. I think the market value for him might be lower than people assume. Um, my understanding I, is that that Lonzo Ball offer was never actually on the table. Um, right. That the the my belief is that the best offer they got for Ubre was Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, who is out with an ACL this season and it has a player option for next season. So you're not guaranteed he'd ever play, but I would actually rather at this point roll the dice on Spencer Dinwiddie coming back and, and playing for you next season. Cause I think he could be a really good piece for you. Um, then- I would have taken, I, 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 and I was saying that I would have taken Danny Green's bird rights at this point, honestly, like, Ubre's not like I just don't know what the logic behind that was and rolling the dice because even if you can resign him, I don't know that he helps you that much next year. I don't. I, I don't think that he's going to be a helpful player for what you want to do next season. So I don't know where that this puts the Warriors. You look at this free agent class that's coming up. It's, it's not great. It's not like they were ever going to be in line for Giannis if he didn't sign that extension or anything like that. But uh, you know, like I said, if you're Bob Myers. It goes beyond just Steve Kerr. You need oh, to give yeah. him players to work with. And like yeah. I said earlier, I don't know how many players you trust right now on this roster in a playoff series. I, again, I think there are certainly players who can grow into roles, but you have to give them that opportunity. And it just feels like you've asked James Wiseman and Juan Descano Anderson and Damian Lee and these guys to just be these players that they're not – they aren't yet. They could turn into those players, but they just aren't those players right now. And maybe you found something in Jordan Poole, Damian Lee, Juan Descano Anderson. That's good. You want to add some depth. You want to fill out your bench, which is something they didn't have during the dynasty necessarily. But you're going to have to hit. You're going to have to hit on these mid-level exception, veteran minimums, all these guys. Because if you don't, I don't – Clay Thompson just coming back and getting a little bit of a leap from James Wiseman is not going to be enough. And, and what ultimately we end up with here, Connor, is by the end of the season, this summer – this front office is going to have to make some real decisions, and I don't know that they're going to be able to walk the line and say, hey, we want to be good now and in 2027. We want to be good now, and we want to try to win a championship in 2022 and in 2028. You just don't get to do that. That's not how basketball works, and the Warriors have lived in basketball bliss this entire time, uh, it's, it, and, and there comes a point where you just have to make a decision. I think, I think that when every, everything was going right during those dynastic years, we all thought Steve Kerr is the best coach ever. Bob Myers is the greatest GM ever. 
And I think what we're seeing now is there were so many factors that came together at the perfect time for all those all those things to happen and for Steve to look as good as he did and for Bob to look as good as he did that um, it wasn't sustainable. And I think we got kind of a, a false sense of their abilities. Like, I'm not – I think they're both good at their jobs. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, not – they're human beings. Not everything they touch is going to turn to gold. And um, I think that our expectations were unrealistic because of those years. And we're seeing now that that was kind of a false reality for a while. Yeah, and look, what they're trying to do is really, really hard. You went to five yeah. straight finals. The check got due. You had to pay all of these extensions. The only reason you were able to have Andre Iguodala making $16 million as your sixth man is because Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and Steph Curry weren't making the kind of money that they're going to be making these few years. What they are trying to do is really, really hard, and that's why the success that the Spurs have had is basically impossible to replicate, which is something that they are trying to replicate, mind you. Uh, but it's just really hard. And when you are paying $100-plus million to your top three players or whatever it is, it's really hard to fill out the rest of your bench. And it's really hard to fill out the rest of the bench when you're picking 30th and 28th every single season. Um, I know that Bob Myers gets a bad rap for the draft record. Uh, we'll, to me, he'll be judged by the James Wiseman pick. Him and Steve, and Steve Kerr, as far as a, a developmental coach, will be judged by James Wiseman or whatever it is that they end up doing with Wiseman because, you know, for every... Uh, Jacob Evans, you get an Eric Paschal. Look, this is still the front office that drafted Draymond Green and turned him into something. Like, that yeah, matters. Is the Eric Paschal pick even looking that great right now? I don't, I, I don't, I don't I, know. I, I mean, I, and, but, and I think I think Poole, we're seeing, Poole's been struggling mightily of late, too. Like, you know. Yeah, I think he's come back to earth, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm still not convinced Poole's, like, going to be a true difference maker long term. I think we got a little excited there for a second, but you know I yeah. like Jordan Poole, but I think his best-case scenario is not sixth man. I don't think he's Livingston or Andre Godala for this team. I think that his best-case scenario, he's Leandro Barbosa, Ian Clark, you know, kind of player who can come in as your eighth or ninth guy and, and get you some points real quick when you need them. And where's Ian Clark playing right now? Hmm? Where's Ian Clark? I believe he's in China. I think he's in China. Yeah. And he wasn't like a great hit for the Warriors that one year. Right. But, but you know what's interesting is a lot of those role guys – didn't do anything after the Warriors. Like, but that's what you see that all the time. Like, you see that you've yeah. seen that in San Antonio. You saw that in Miami, right? Like, you just but you get these guys who I think. And again, this kind of goes back to when you're ready to compete. Like, I remember when I was covering the Heat, people would give them crap all the time. Why are you getting Rashard Lewis at 37 years old instead of drafting players and, and developing players? And the answer is because you can't develop players while you have Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James ready to play for cha championships right now. The fact is that Rashard Lewis is better right now at 37 years old or whatever he was than, you know, Shabazz Napier picked at 20-something. Like, that's just the way it is. And for the Warriors, you've had a couple years now to develop some of these guys. You have some players who can fill out the rest of your, ro your roster, but I don't know that these are necessarily guys who are going to fill out your core rotation when Klay Thompson comes back. You need to go out and get those guys, and it's just a lot to ask for young players to contribute to playoff basketball right away. They need to go get some vets who can really play. And I'm not talking about Brad Wanamaker-type vets, like real vets. Um, all right, let's wrap it up there, Connor. I appreciate the time here. Uh, tell the listeners where they can find you. Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter at Con underscore Cron. You can read all my stuff at sfchronicle.com. I also have uh, my own podcast, Where's Offcourt, which, which Wes comes on frequently. Um, you can find that on iTunes. Remember, subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, say nice things about the show. 
You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayareanewsgroup.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and I'll see you here tomorrow for a recap of tonight's game against the Bucks.